What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. Today's episode, we're going to get a little deep on this one. We're going to do some introspective work. I'm going to challenge you on the way that you are thinking and the way that you are processing information to make decisions. So if that's not your thing, that's not your cup of tea, then no harm, no foul. You can jump off. You can stop listening. It's okay. I won't be offended. I'll get over it. It's all right. I will just simply cry myself to sleep tonight, but it's okay. I've been there before and it's all good. So let's just get into it because actually first, of course, I have to remind you, I was going to skip the most important part, which is that it's up to you to help bring new ears to the show. We need more people listening. So do your part and I'll do my part and we'll grow this audience together. So if you can, leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. As always, that's the best way to help. Number two, send this episode link to a friend or family member if you enjoy it. And then number three, you can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and post it to your stories on Instagram. You can tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. So first of all, before I get into this topic, I want to remind you guys of something because everybody's looking for a result, right? That That is, at the end of the day, we don't really care very much about how we get there. We always focus on the how. How is it going to happen? How is it going to happen? The how is largely irrelevant. The how can only exist when you know where you're trying to get to. We have to have a starting point and an end point. Where are you now and where do you want to go? Once we know that, then we can start to figure out the best path, right? That would be like saying, I want to, you know, like, how am I going to get to California without knowing where you're starting? Because if you are, let's say, a mile away, the how might be walking. If you're, I don't know, a city away, the how might be a bus or a train. If you're a few states away, the how might be a plane, or you might like to do a road trip. Like We have to know all of the details before we focus on how are we going to get there. But, but at the end of the day, we all want a result. And I think sometimes we get confused with the, the how. A lot of times it's like, well, I'm going to get there by doing coaching, which is a great assumption. It's much easier if you have a guide, right? If you have a, a plan and you know definitively, all right, here is the roadmap to get you to where you want to be. That makes a lot of sense. But just having the roadmap does not guarantee anything. You still have to do the work. You still have to show up. You still have to put in the actions and you have to commit and follow through. You don't just get to have a roadmap in your possession and then sit there and wonder why you're not at your destination. Maybe, maybe it's because you haven't taken a step forward. Maybe you have the roadmap. Maybe you have the guide, the Sherpa, but you're standing at the bottom of the mountain and you're not taking a step forward. You've got the Sherpa leading you saying, here is how to scale this mountain. And you're like, got it. And you're standing at the bottom of the mountain. You're like, damn it, Sherpa, why am I not at the top of the mountain? It's like, well, because you haven't taken a fucking step. That is how you get to where you want to be. You actually have to do the work. You don't get to just show up 
and it magically happens. And I'm not coming at anybody in particular. Anytime I say stuff like this, inevitably I'll get a message that's like, Mike, were you talking about me on that episode? No, this is not about you. This is in general. I see this too frequently across the board. I don't talk about things because one person said something to me and then I want to come at that person. I mention it because I hear it either internally, like there's a lot of chatter that comes across either my inbox or messenger or whatever, or I see it externally, like people on social media talking in different channels or groups or whatever. So that's when I bring it up. Like, wait a minute, are you really complaining about not being where you want to be when you haven't actually done anything to take a step? Now, that does segue very nicely into this next into the topic of this episode, which is how do you get over that fear? How do you get over the fear of taking that step? I think that that is what a lot of us are trying to navigate. And I'm speaking from personal experience because there were a lot of decisions in my life that I didn't make because of fear, because I was worried uh, uh, what was going to happen I was scared of the unknown, and so I stayed safe and comfortable. And definitively, I can look back at every single one of those decisions and say that, number one, it was way worse in my mind than it would have been in reality. And number two, had I have just taken the leap, I would have been better off for it. So one of the things that I've been fascinated by lately is understanding the process of of decision-making, because... I've, I've seen, you know, I, I know how the human brain works. And typically what happens when we have this, this big decision to make, and we have this, this instinctual pull towards something. Like if you've been struggling with your fitness, if you're not where you want to be physically, if you have goals that you're trying to accomplish that you've been struggling with for a long time. Like you've been dieting for your whole life. You've been trying to lose weight for your whole life. You're still not where you want to be. If you're unhappy physically with the way that your clothes fit, with what you see in the mirror, if you're not where you want to be right now and you've been struggling for a really long time, you know deep down in your heart of hearts that you have to make a change. There's no other way to accomplish what you want to accomplish unless you do something different. That is a undeniable fact. But what happens is we start to play the uncertainty game. Your brain starts to create all of these stories and excuses as to why you should stay the same. The reason for that is because predictability is comfortable. Anything that's unpredictable, your brain is trying to protect you. It's a protective mechanism because as we evolved or how we evolved as a species, anything that was unpredictable was a threat to our survival, right? During our hunter-gatherer days, if it was unknown, it could kill us. So we are hardwired to avoid the unknown. That's deep in our DNA. We are hardwired to avoid the unknown. Now, some people are a little bit more equipped to handle that than others, just genetically speaking. However, for the most part, that is programmed in our DNA. If something is uncertain, if something is unknown, we don't like it. Our brain tries to protect us. The human brain loves to know like what's what's the 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 whole situation, the start date, the end date, and the expected result of that situation. Anything that's unknown We don't like it so much so that we'll stay 
in a situation that is making us miserable simply because it's predictable, simply because it's comfortable. So when you're sitting there in, the, in a body that you feel like is not the body that you desire, right? And we only get one. This is not a loner. This is not something that we're renting. This is our only body. If you're sitting in a body that you feel like is, is not one that you are happy with or comfortable with, if you're physically not where you want to be, if you're struggling mentally, if you don't like the way that your clothes fit, if you're struggling with confidence, all of those things require change and uncertainty. However, you'll stay in that situation, in that current situation of certain misery because it's comfortable. We see the same thing with individuals in toxic relationships, right? You might have a toxic relationship with your body. That's possible. I've been there. I had a horrible relationship with my body. I still would say that to this day, I don't have the best relationship with my body. I still struggle with a little bit of body dysmorphia and body image issues. Certainly, I'm light years ahead of where I was. However, we see this with people in in toxic relationships where the toxicity becomes so comfortable and predictable that leaving that becomes almost impossible. People become paralyzed by the uncertainty of leaving that situation. And when they do, they oftentimes find themselves right back into a toxic relationship because that's what they know. And their brain is like, oh, we, we know this. We know it's coming. Even if it's abuse, we know this abuse is coming. It's predictable. It's comfortable. That's how powerful this concept is. And I've been fascinated by this thinking about the ways in which we make decisions and the ways that we avoid the decisions that we know are in our best interest. We know deep down, like I should be doing this thing and we don't do it. Um, I I listened to a a podcast or no, it was a YouTube video of uh, Naval Ravikant, who is an entrepreneur, one of the great thinkers that, in my opinion, he's a brilliant mind. And he talked about his his three heuristics for decision-making uh, the first thing that he says is if it's a if it's a major life decision, um, if you're not certain, then it's a no. Like if you're pretty certain, do it. You know, if you're certain, obviously do it. If you're pretty certain, do it. But if you're not sure and it's a major life decision, then it's a no. Like like should I buy this house or should I move to this city or should I you know whatever get married? Like these major life decisions. If you're like yeah, I'm pretty sure I want to do this, just do it. But if you're like 50-50, then it's a no, because some of those things have really long lasting impacts, like like buying a house and you know getting married, like that can be something that impacts you for, for years. And so you should be pretty sure for a major life decision like that. Um, the second thing that he says is when you are left with a two options and they're both pretty equal, like a 50-50 split, like option A or option B, and I don't know which one to choose. Go with the choice that has more short-term pain. Go with the choice that has more short-term pain. And I love this thought process for decision-making. If it's like a this or that, should I do this thing or this thing, right? Should I hire a coach or should I do this on my own? That type of choice. What's the decision that has more short, sure, I can't speak, short-term pain, Um because the pain that the short-term pain often is the decision 
with more long-term upside or more long-term gain. So it's going to be really uncomfortable to put yourself out there and say, I need help and to invest in coaching and to pay that money and to commit and follow through. Like those are hurdles that are uncomfortable. You're like, man, I don't, I just, I don't really want to do that because then I'm, I'm, I'm putting myself out there and I'm getting rid of some of my excuses. And now it's real. Like now I'm showing up for somebody else. It's real. That's uncomfortable. That's the short-term pain of making that decision. The other decision, you know what? I'm just going to keep doing, doing what I'm doing. I'm just going to keep doing this on my own. I'm just going to keep doing the same things that I've always done. That's really comfortable because it's predictable. There's no short-term pain there. It's really comfortable. You already know what you're getting. You've been doing it for years. There's no uncertainty there. So the short-term pain decision, that pain is very temporary. Once you get over that, the long-term gain is you get exactly where you want to go. You reach your destination. You reach your goals. You achieve everything and more. That's the long-term gain. By doing it on your own, you avoid the short-term pain, but you also get the same result that you've always gotten. So you, you know definitively from past experience that if you continue doing what you're doing, you will get the same things that you've always gotten. Like that is a fact. You can't take the same path over and over again and expect it to lead to somewhere new. That's not how it works. So you avoid the uncomfortable feeling of asking for help, of committing, of making a financial investment. However, the long-term consequences are you remain stuck. So I love that concept for making choices 50-50. And then his third one is um, anytime you're left with a kind of a interpersonal decision, um, like, I don't really want to tell this person this thing. And I don't know if I should, um, you know, I don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't want to do this thing because it's uncomfortable. Um, anytime you're left with like an interpersonal decision, that seems like a struggle. Uh, think in terms of peace, peace of mind. What will bring me the most peace? What decision will bring me the most peace of mind. So I think I like that one a lot because if you, you know, are in that situation and you think like, well, what happens if I don't tell this person, I'm going to probably feel inter turmoil and like conflict because I feel like they should know, or I should be honest or whatever that may be. So I feel like that those are three really strong heuristics for decision-making. But uh, what I wanted to really say is like that fear the fear of the unknown, the I'm scared, you know, like I'm worried, I'm nervous. Those feelings are perfectly normal. And the entire objective is not to push those feelings away. The entire objective is to sit with those feelings and to acknowledge them and to recognize that they exist and to literally communicate with yourself. Like, hey, I know I can I can feel this fear. I can feel it, you know, in my chest. I can feel this nervousness, this anxiety. I can feel it physically. However, and then you have this conversation with yourself. I acknowledge you. I see you. I feel you. However, I also know that what I'm trying to accomplish is really important to me. So I'm going to walk with you into this discomfort. I'm going to carry this fear with me into this discomfort. So it's not pushing them away. The more that you try and push it away, the more that it wins. 
And that's, that's the, you know, kind of interesting dynamic when it comes to fear, the more you try to push it away, the more it wins, because if you keep pushing it away, it comes back stronger and then you don't do the thing. And the more often that you don't do the thing, the more afraid you get, because now you've built it up even bigger and bigger and bigger. And now it becomes this giant elephant in the room that you can't get rid of. The funny thing about all of this is when you finally do the thing, you realize it wasn't scary at all. The fear goes away so quickly. Nothing cures fear quite like action. Like once you do it, you're like, oh, that was nothing. Um, Like my dad had a great example of this. He had an opportunity to go to a different uh, real estate company for like 15 years ago. And he kept making it out to be this huge deal. He's like, well, I don't want to go during like closings and I don't want to, it's like all this stuff. And he would constantly psych himself out. He's like, no, no, I'm just going to stay. I'm just going to stay. 15 years later, he finally made the leap. And I talked to him about it and he was like, it's so crazy how we build these things up. And then it, it was totally fine. And like, I made all of these things up in my head about how the process would go. And it was like so easy and, and painless. And now I'm, I'm, you know, he's like, he's like, most of the time in life, like you just have to do the thing and, and not second guess it and just, and just do it. And then you realize very quickly that it was fine. And, and that's really the message that I want to send. If this resonates with you, if you're thinking about, you know what, I really need to do this thing, but I'm afraid, whatever that is for you, whatever that is for you, I know that there's something that you've been on the fence about that you've been deep down, you know, it's the only way to get to where you want to go. And you're just, that fear is holding you back. Just do it. Take the step, that first step. That's all you need to do is just take that first step. Don't push the fear away. Don't push the anxiety away. Don't push the worry away. Acknowledge those feelings. Feel those feelings. Communicate with those feelings and then do it anyway. And the more often that you do that, the more you'll be able to recognize in future experiences when you feel the same thing and you're like, got it. But remember last time I felt this way, I did this thing and it was the best thing that could have happened for me. I just got an email from a client who wrote me this whole long message about the things she accomplished um, with coaching. I'm actually just going to pull it up because it's more powerful if I read you what she said. Um, She said, hey, Mike, Saturday marks six months with Coach Ashley, and I have gained a ton of food freedom, accountability, flexibility, sound sleep, daily movement. I have lost eight pounds, my serious food and drink FOMO, my anxiety of going out to eat or drink, my worry of not knowing what to do to stay on track, some of my chronic pain. I now enjoy movement. I can eyeball serving sizes and drink more water than ever. My body has told me what it likes and doesn't. And Ashley is the reason I'm making so much progress. I also now go enjoy the food and drink when I want, what I want, drink water, get back on track the next day. And it's absolutely amazing how that works. I was so hesitant to sign up at first six months ago, but now I am in absolute hell yes. I want to sign up again. I can't wait to see where the next six months or longer takes me with Ashley as we keep doing things the right way. Thank you in all capitals. Now, here's the thing. What happens 
if this client six months ago, what would have happened if six months ago she said, you know what? I'm afraid. She, she says, I was hesitant, hesitant. What if she had just said, you know what? I'm afraid. I'm not going to do it. Look at all that she gained. Look at all that she accomplished. Now, can you imagine just taking that all away from her because she let that fear get the best of her and decided for whatever reason, made all the excuses. I'm not ready. It's not the right time. I can't afford it. My spouse won't support me. Whatever excuse her brain was trying to tell her at the time, if she had listened to those excuses, all of that stuff wiped away, no more food freedom, no more flexibility, no more you know, sound sleep, no more uh, you know, the weight is back on her. The anxiety is, is there again, worrying, the chronic pain. If we put that all back on her because of that one decision of saying, I'm too scared or whatever, think about that. So wherever you're at right now, the thing that you know you need to do, the fear, the worry, the anxiety, accept it, acknowledge those feelings and just fucking do it anyway. That's all I've got for you today, guys. I appreciate you and I will talk to you all very soon. 